everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Memory Machine Podcast. My name is Nate Lockhart. Uh, this is another mm, thing on the Geekiverse wheel. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's geekiverse.com. Uh, we're on all the social media haunts. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm here today with two very special guests. There have been This is the first time they've been on this podcast. Would you guys care to introduce yourselves? I'm Jeff Pavlock, uh, Nintendo expert on the Geekiverse, also giant monster fanatic like yourself, Nate. Yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man, King Kong, Gamera, all that stuff. All of it. Mothra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gamera. Yeah, uh, friend of all children. <laughs> Return of Gamera. Yes. Yep. Friend of all children. And uh, who else do we have over here? Yeah, Peter, the Grumpy Geek. All right. Hey, Pete. Glad to, glad to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. Uh, we Because uh, we're going to talk about uh, something that I want to talk about for a while, but we'll get to it in a second. Because first we have this week in geek history. In this case, it's going to be a month. And the year I chose was 1977 because that's the year Star Wars came out. Um, and this one is a neat little nugget of history. Uh, I really like to collect um, old media formats. Uh, to my guests here, you can look around and see. I got VHS videotapes, Laserdisc up there. I have uh, Betamax in there and 8mm um, reels. Um but uh, uh, something interesting of note this month, 1977, the company Magnetic Video releases the first movies on pre-recorded tape, pre-recorded VHS and Betamax tape in the United States. They got 50 movies from Fox. And of everybody in this room, yeah. only, <laughs> only one of us was alive yes. when that happened. Yes. And uh, sadly... Good. Yeah. Sadly, my family uh, bet on beta. Oh. Uh, yeah. So oh, no. uh, several weeks after that launched, we probably threw it out and ended up having to buy a VHS machine because yeah. beta never really took off. No, it didn't. So what were some Is of the there? what were some of the movies that were in that I first bunch? I believe Sound of Music was the primary one. Okay. Um, I also recall. I know Sound of Music definitely was one of the big ones. I think maybe MASH was another one. And uh, a collection of Mighty Mouse cartoons. Because, An you know, interesting selection. Terry, yeah, it's <laughs> Fox Terry. But there were, you know, there's 50 of them. Um, now, they weren't the first movies released on tape. On t- tape. That would go to a company, Avco, which released something called Cartrevision in the very early 70s. And uh, it didn't go anywhere. I think it had like 10 frames per second with its... Uh, video and it was on a it was on a spool like an eight track so it was on a single spool and it would go around and you didn't have a rewind function anyway it's it's well, really interesting look it up it's, it's fascinating it's funny to, to, yeah. to think back about all this stuff like we, yeah. we we had cable tv back then and it was 13 in the, in the late 70s yeah it was 13 wow, channels and it there was on the ground floor the uh the remote was a box that was attached to the tv yeah. with a long cord yeah. and it was a push button for each channel you yep. wanted it on sounds like a yeah. video game controller it, dude you should look at some of the pictures well, of it, that like they have beautiful was, wood grain yeah, it wasn't like a, a video game controller at all. It was like one of those old, almost like an old light switch where you pushed in ah, and it clicked yeah. down. Yes. And if there was another button down, it popped the popped other button up. up. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, there was a key in there for parental controls. Yeah. For so because we had HBO really that and, early. And the key was a, it was just a little plastic thing that clicked into a slot. 
Yeah. Right? So when the when the thing was engaged, HBO was on. When the thing was not engaged, it wow. was off. So my parents used to take it out when they were going to the, uh, you know, they were <laughs> night out and there was a babysitter. <laughs> Took my engineer brother and I about 11 seconds to yep. fashion one out of a plastic spoon. <laughs> and yep. we were mm-hmm. watching HBO when mom and dad were out of the house. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Cable that early. Now, were you were you living in the Buffalo area then? Too? I did. I grew yeah. up in the town of Tonawanda. Okay, wow. So you probably would have had, because Nickelodeon, I think, launched in Buffalo in the late 70s. Oh, boy, I don't so remember that. So you probably would have had, it might have been called Pinwheel at the time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where it launched. It was, was there, and I think Allentown, Pennsylvania were the two first two markets to, I, to get I Nickelodeon. I never yeah. knew I'm not going to lie, yeah. I don't remember that yeah. at all. Wow. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? Uh, I love learning about that that stuff so it's sort of the old thing that sort of most people have almost forgot you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah. like that's what i love bringing out in people is sort of like the memories that have just are this close to being left out of your brain for new information and then I, a spark breaks back to life and all of a sudden you're like oh my god i forgot holy cow that thing that's the way it was with me with um i don't know how old you are jeff 27. 27. Do you remember on Nickelodeon there's a show, um, You Can't Do That on Television? I do vaguely remember. Yes. I remember seeing the intro again for the first time, like, 10 years ago, and it was like, oh my god. Like, Well, I used to laugh when I would watch the reruns, because I, yeah. I, I was born in 90, so I wasn't watching it as at its height, yeah. per se, but I would watch yeah. the reruns, and there would be jokes about the Russians back then. Yes. Because this was yes. all during the height of the Cold War yes. and all that. And of like, course, why? What does yeah, this matter? It's a little yeah. kid that goes right <laughs> over my head, but it's funny for someone who would have been a little older probably watching that yeah. at that time. Yeah, yeah, I was born at the tail end of the Cold War, so really... <laughs> I don't remember much. Well, the good news is, like everything else, that's coming back <laughs> yeah. now, too. It's all so cool. We're going to do a retro yeah. wars. We ran yeah. out of other things to reboot, so we're going to reboot the Cold War. Yeah, it'll right. Be, Why not? Why not? Boy, misery comes around in cycles, doesn't it? Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was our Week in Geek. Um, our main topic for today, gentlemen, is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it is essentially the effects... St- the 1977 film Star Wars had on cinema, on sci-fi cinema, and what it was like a little bit before and what it was immediately afterwards. So we're talking about, let's say, for this first little part here, from the mid-60s up to, let's say, the 77 itself. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, w- but I would kind of say, you know, with... Uh, I, I think that the three best examples of what sci-fi was like before then probably comes down to 2001 A Space Odyssey, Planet of the Apes, and Star Trek. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Would, would you agree, disagree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there confirm. was some other... There was, you know, like, that yeah. whole period right around Star Wars itself yeah. was kind of ripe. You know, mm-hmm, there was some mm-hmm. good stuff kind of like, you know, like Logan's seven, run. Yeah. yeah. 70, 75 to, to 79 yeah. was was ripe for uh, science fiction as a whole. A little earlier, one of my favorite old um, sci-fi movies has nothing to do with space travel or anything was Westworld. And that was probably yeah. like 1973. Yeah, 73. You know, mm-hmm. so it was uh, there was there was a lot like all of a sudden they had the ability to bring stuff to film better than. Um, than they ever could in the yeah. past. You know, some of the older stuff 
Um, and, and they had finally kind of yeah, and they, well, they had finally moved away from sort of because I mean, in the fifties especially, what you had with sci-fi was just sci-fi horror. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah, which I love. I love those old fifties horror and sci-fi movies. I love them to death. Anything, anything that was sold with an over-the-top narrator and big, you know, flashy words on the trailer, I will watch it and I will love it. Even Robot Monster, um, you know. But uh, well, I but, think, yeah, I, th- I think you're right that it became a lot more sophisticated. And I and I think one of the time. things that changed what we liked yeah. in sci-fi back then was in 1969 we put a man on the moon and we yeah. got to watch that on tv mm-hmm. so now it shifts from the horror stuff it shifts from um you know terrestrial based sci-fi mm-hmm. uh even i mean planet of the apes for the most part except for that the beginning sequence when, when they're uh, yeah. when they're traveling and stuff is you know it all takes place on a planet, yeah, you know, which later we find out what it is, but I, you know, oh, spoilers. Yeah, please. well, I'm trying not to. <laughs> not that anybody's probably not. No. What is that? 1968. No, I'm sure you, probably you, 1968. Yeah, right. Probably no spoilers at this point. Uh, yeah, in time. right. You know, but but then we put a man on the moon. Yeah, and now suddenly, you know, there's think... a taste for uh, for more star travel stuff. And and I think seeing the reality too might have taken away a lot of the fear of it. You know, when, be, yeah. when you see that, no, we did do this, and they did come back safe, and no, they didn't become irradiated monsters or whatever, <laughs> right, right. you know, there are no moon men. Um, well, you talk about that, one of the yeah. other huge movies that launched in 1977 was Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which mm-hmm. is, to me, one of the best sci-fi films of all time. I still made a watch list. And yeah. just comparing... You've never it, seen it? I've had the DVD Oh my for gosh, years, are you serious? For oh. years, and I've never just... I've never well, just this is I always look at me like, no, well, maybe another time. This isn't too much a spoiler. <laughs> the aliens in that one aren't yeah. necessarily hostile. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like you were saying before, all the sci-fi films before that were, you know, the monsters, things attacking space right. crews on their on their rocket ships, all that. So just that comparison, but you know, by the late seventies, we were portraying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, extraterrestrial life, not necessarily as these, you know, man-eating monsters per se. Yeah. Right. Right. It's something that could be bringing. I mean, you kind of had that like Twilight Zone kind of dug into that here and there but never in such I dug into all kinds yeah, of things well, thriller psychological that right. was yeah. one giant genre mishmash on Maple Street <laughs> right. and all that stuff but I think that's what made it brilliant oh well it's yeah, one of the best shows of all time that, you know yeah. we, uh, we we talk a lot about episodic TV now and and, yeah. uh, and you know the the overall story arc for an entire season versus mm. the standalone episode right. thing, and I'm a fan of both, quite frankly. If you can make both, but yeah. but there's something to be said for not only having a standalone episode of the week, but but you know this week it's it's uh, it's psychological thriller, next week it's science fiction, yeah, next right. week it's whatever. Yeah, you know that's what made this show really what, 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 uh, They oh, dove yeah. into all yeah, genres. What, what, what do you call it? An anthology series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. An anthology series. I mean, I guess. Black Mirror kind of fits that today. Um, That's one I haven't. I haven't followed. seen. I only know. I only know mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more like that today. Definitely taking some crazy stuff. And I and but, I also wonder, like you know, what we we're, we're starting to have in this time period is um, more more series stuff. Mm, you know, like con- continuity, all that. Well, it, it's not necessarily the continuity, but but franchises. Right. Yes. Um, so, Planet of the Apes, the, the first one I think was 
68 or 69, mm-hmm. something 68. like that. Yep. And then we hit 19, 19, 1970, and they put put out one a year, 70, yeah. 71, 72, 73. Conquest. Yeah. Uh, you know, beneath, escape from Beneath. Beneath where the world blows up at the end. The, and... Beneath was a terrible <laughs> film. It was, yeah. it was not it's, a good It's movie. by far I, the worst of the group. I and love We're all the, worshiping uh, the missile. On yeah. The, uh, oh, I love the, uh, the, the narration at the end with Paul Freeze doing the narration at the end. Oh, He's boy. Like, I forgot about that. The significant star is now dead. <laughs> and credits like yeah. that's like that's so bleak you know and and um in the then we had west world they made a yeah. they made a, a sort of a standalone sequel called future world that wasn't a really good film oh yeah they did yeah, it wasn't a very good film at all i actually for for whatever yeah. reason when they when they said they were going to launch west world on hbo uh-huh. is that where it is yeah it's on hbo yeah, yeah, yeah. so it has to be on hbo <laughs> i went back yeah. and i watched the original Westworld and Future World again, so that was uh, you know a year or so ago that I did yeah. that, and you know they they Westworld holds up pretty well, I guess, but Future World probably was not very yeah. good even when it was made. Yeah. So and then you then you move into the Star Wars films, and there's you know now oh yeah Wars, well it's a whole different yeah, we're a forty year franchise on this yeah. or whatever so which what what are, what are some of you guys' favorite uh, movies of this pre Star Wars era of this more Pensive era of sci-fi. Mm. I do like Soylent Green. Soylent we we were talking about that before Soylent we even started good. recording. Yeah. Uh, the twist at the end, I think, is one of the all-time greats. Oh yeah, Charlton Heston uh, yeah. acting to the rafters. And, <laughs> oh boy, that's I'm great. Uh, you know, I I loved Logan's Run. Logan's Run's yeah, great. I love that movie. It's a great film. Um, I I did like the, the Westworld is one of my favorite yeah. original films. Um, I think probably the original. Uh, Andromeda Strain came out during around that time period. That That's an old Michael Crichton book. A good book. Oh, very you good. You know, book. and there's there's yeah. been a remake since then. Yeah. But I think that was probably a, a '70s thing. Yeah. Um, what else came out around then that I really liked? Um, Omega Man. Do you remember that one? Oh, that, yeah, that one's a, great. That's a Charles. Yeah, that's I, that's I, like I, the original I, zombie yeah, film or something. Is that, that what that is? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I Isn't that? that based on uh, I Am Legend the yes. original yes. novel yeah. but, um, I mean with, it's not quite a like loosely adapted but, yeah. right. Like, right like yeah. that's the first uh-huh. well, adaptation well actually the first adaption was The Last Man on Earth from 64 okay, and that starred you. Vincent Price yeah um, uh, yeah but um, uh, yeah no Mega Man's great I got to see that in uh, at at, uh, if you listen to the other four episodes you've heard me talk about this enough <laughs> but I got to see that at the Dryden Theater in Rochester and I got to see it on a beautiful 35mm film print oh, beautiful <laughs> it was a wonderful wonderful way to want I could have never brought Katie to see that one though she would have uh, it would have freaked her out too much yeah my brother was yeah. my brother was very young at the time oh and yeah me and my buddy from across the street I mean this was yeah. It probably came out in like 71, 72, something like that. So I was, you know, eight or nine. My brother was then six or seven. Oh, man. So maybe a, maybe a, maybe a few years after that. Well, that we, would have uh, scared the crap out of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we shared a bedroom. Yeah. So me and my buddy snuck outside. They had very, when they became zombies in that film, their, yeah. their faces 
they made them up in real white, white yes. right? So we figured out really quickly that the flashlight under the chin does the same thing. So we snuck around the side of the house, and there was a fence there. So you I was able to stand. Yeah, I was able to stand on the fence and go like this. And then my buddy knocked on the window, and my brother hit the ceiling. Oh so my! Gosh. I don't think he's ever forgiven me. <laughs> I think another thing that scared me too about the Omega Man is that you see them slowly turn too. Like you, yeah. like you see, like they have the one kid on the bed. And you see his, his skin just a little paler shade the next you know the next scene that he's in and sort of the creeping dread of that movie it's so good it's great yeah and i quite frankly yeah i liked i am legend with with will well, smith which is a you know yeah, but, a good movie but i loved the omega Man. yeah omega man's great yeah. uh i still haven't seen uh last man on earth with vincent price i haven't I, either I, i'd like to i mean it's public domain i could just download it right now sure but <laughs> i haven't um but I think some of my favorites, I mean, I really do like Planet of the Apes a lot. Um, 2001 A Space Odyssey is is definitely up there. It's not one you can really re-watch much. You know, like you see it one time and that's all you need to see it for a little while. I did a, but, I did uh, a piece like a few months ago oh, did on, you? on uh, the best sci-fi movies of all yeah. times. And I just left that one off with the yeah. disclaimer that everybody thinks it's the best. Yeah. It's like leaving Stairway to Heaven off of the... Right, it, it doesn't know, like, even matter. It's the yeah. first... It's the yeah. Stairway to Heaven always is the top of everybody's yeah. Memorial Day 500, Labor Day 500, yeah. right? Yeah, So, and, and 2001... Yeah. I won't argue that it's one of the best films of all sure. times. It's I just, just don't been, like it that much. Yeah. Well, I well, it has been talked to too death yeah i so, remember giving pete crap that he left yeah. it off actually but oh, i didn't yeah. i didn't really leave no. it off i i mean i it, wrote a just, whole i wrote more on that I, movie in the in the thing right. than i wrote on anything what, else what more is there to say about right. it that hasn't already right. been said great film groundbreaking yeah. i just didn't enjoy it that much yeah, so right. this was my favorite my list of the best yeah. films not like well, you know some scientific survey or something and, like that. and tying into tying that into star wars i think you see the beginnings of the effects that would be used in star wars in 2001 sure absolutely there is that um hyper realistic look to it that really hadn't been i mean you never saw it that good before right i'm struggling to think of anything that came close uh metropolis had some good effects if you've seen that uh, uh fritz lang's see, seen bits and pieces of bits it because pieces, yeah. because it's like isn't it it's like a two hour and a half long silent film which, it's uh, the, well the completed version is like three hours right which yeah. I, which is for me that would basically just be you know kill myself now oh, i i, oh, I need out. yeah no oh, I, you're missing so, out i love so that was the so other long. one that i yeah. you know in my top paragraph on yeah. that thing i'm like these two films are great they are the foundation for modern yeah. sci-fi i just didn't like them that much so how could i talk about them as I if they love, were the best i so. love metropolis i love the ham-fisted uh um uh social commentary and yeah, all that oh, stuff no doubt the special effects are great and i just love silent cinema i love it um but uh yeah anything else to add you guys any, any specific memory like jeff i'm, I'm curious mm-hmm. uh you know since well both of us are past this time yeah um, <laughs> a little like by a couple decades yeah. and what uh what, what was your introduction to this to, to sort of this pre star wars sci-fi like and, and and did you see star wars beforehand and how did that make you think of of these movies differently well i mean my earliest introduction to sci-fi was godzilla 
Uh, watched oh, that when good. I was three, and I just got hooked on all giant monster and all horror things back then. So we were mm-hmm. talking earlier, you and I, them with the giant ants. Oh, I love all those um, yeah. like anti-nuclear war monster movies. Uh, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, yeah. the giant behemoth. Uh, yeah, it came from beneath giant. the sea. All those, the black all, yeah, all, yeah, the black yeah, scorpion. That's a good one. All of those I really like. Um, Thing from Another World is one of my favorites. I still and seen then that a, one. A, the the original Thing from Another yeah, World. I haven't. Have you it's, seen it's John Carpenter's The Thing? No. I okay, you got to watch it. both of those. Yeah, those are both fantastic movies. I've got, a, I've got a pile about this side. Are they related? Yeah. Well, okay. John, they're they're both based on um, the same kind of idea. It's you know arctic outpost alien comes in and uh can assimilate to people in there causes yeah. all kinds of distrust among the crew then john carpenter's is significantly more violent significantly more oh, gory. Yeah. Oh. yeah i remember seeing <laughs> yeah. like john carpenter was big back when i in my formative years like yeah. i remember the fog i yeah. remember the halloween thing. yeah yeah stuff like that so mouth of madness his as, as we're recording this days before Halloween right now, yeah, the, yeah right, the, yeah. Halloween ruined me. Oh, jeez, like, yeah, yeah. You know that was the scariest movie because it it probably came out in the late seventies as well, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think would, you're right. You know, and I I can only gauge this because I moved from where I was growing up in 1979, so mm. I know where I watched it. Oh. Right, I know where I watched lots of these movies and who yeah. I watched them with. That's my yeah. memory. And if I watched yeah. them with this group of people, then it was before I moved pre seventy nine. If I watched yeah. them with other people, then it yeah. was going to high school. Yeah. And stuff, so. yeah. Um, <laughs> One of the other movies that you listed on your uh, on your original outline when we started to talk about this was uh, was Rollerball. Oh um, yeah, Rollerball is such a great film. Oh man, the original I, is yeah, the 2012. Yeah. I, I think it's 2012 it. version. I haven't seen that movie in awful. forever. I the, caught, caught part of it on cable once. <laughs> but the the original film is great. Yeah, you know it's uh, James Con. Is that James Con yeah. plays uh, uh, John, Johnny Johnny T or whatever is whatever yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the character's name is, and it's uh, it's a story about the the guy gets bigger than the game yeah and it's you know it's it's basically a, a nice a nice look sort of at professional sports nowadays because each yes. of the teams in the, the each of the team the rollerball teams were um owned by corporations mm. so <laughs> you know oh. so they it became such a big thing that that, so that was the dystopian it, element right well it would be like it would be like apple yeah owned, you know like only owned by these big corporations so it was a big deal when they won and yeah. then this individual player became bigger than the sport wow and the corporations kind yeah. of were like no we got to take him out so that's the story is yeah. as the as the movie goes on they they drop rules off <laughs> so that eventually it's just a free for all, and at the in the end of the film, you know he's yeah. he's skating around, um, and there's just dead people all over the rink. All of Jeez. these players are dead yeah. because they were, you know, they, they and they made all those to kill him. But at the end, he yeah. uh, he's the he's the winner. Great film. Yeah. Of it, all the films that you're like yeah. on my pile. Yeah. That I Roll, just I really ball. need to watch yeah. Rollerball with James yeah. Conn. I film. definitely want to to watch that one now because I I love that sort of 70s. Well, especially because Rollerball seems to also like tread into exploitation a little bit it sounds like mm-hmm. in, a, in a similar way that say death race 2000 is that way as well uh, if you've ever seen that one, i it, i would be willing i have but it yeah. was a million years ago and i yeah. don't remember much of it yeah. but i loved it it was the same kind of thing though, yeah I, as i recall it was the same kind of thing yeah that, yeah you know. De- so. death race 2000 is a little bit more comedy in it it sounds like 
Uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. no like kill old people for a hundred points. No, you know? rollerball's not yeah. funny. Yeah, no. You know, it's not a it's not a comedy at all. But it has that great '70s sci-fi aesthetic that I just I love that. And it it has that um, all of the it's it's kind of funny the mid '70s you know mm-hmm. started to the sci-fi movement in the mid '70s drove like the furniture and interior design. Yes. You know, so, yes. so this whole film is yeah. just full of this mid-century modern yes. look about it. Which is what I love. Oh, uh, me, you'll me love and, this film. Oh, yeah. You'll totally me, love me, it. Me and uh, uh, form, uh, previous guest and slash uh, my brother-in-law, um, Drew, uh, he is a huge like mid-century modern nut. Like He has to own everything that looks like that. I like and, that... Yeah. The top billing is previous guests, and the second billing is brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Drew, you know who you are. And I'd be surprised if you're listening to this. But anyway, um, he doesn't have much time to listen to podcasts. He's a teacher. Um, but yeah, you see her. Someone see else her in the room is too, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ignore that one. Um, but, uh, I mean, you see there's a bunch of mid-century modern junk around here in this room. The TV, the TV behind you. Uh, Anything that has wood and black and chrome on it, yeah, I, I, I dig yeah, it. Yeah. No, yeah. You, you'll love yeah. this. Yeah, if you like that, I, I gotta check that out. But yeah, uh, Death Race Two Thousands. Really have you seen that one? I've not. No, oh, okay. mm. it's great. I'm actually uh, making notes here of the, uh, the what. What should I rewatch oh, again? Oh man, that one's great. It's it's cheesy. It's fun. Um, Sylvester Stallone is in it as a bad guy. You know, pre Rocky. Yeah, and uh, he just plays a great. Uh, duh, kind of bad guy, uh, you know, and uh, David Carradine, you know, is, uh, oh yeah, yeah, plays Frankenstein, and he was the wasn't he uh, Kung Fu? Yeah, that was David yeah, Carradine, that's Kung right? Fu. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 son of John Carradine, of uh, every movie ever made, fame because he was in like seriously look look on John Carradine's IMDb, and it's. 500 movies is ridiculous he would he would do anything if it paid like 50 bucks sure like yeah sure fine grapes of wrath i'll do that yeah i drove fine. i drove uber uh, this summer yeah yeah right yeah <laughs> that's the same thing uh, made red, about zone, 50 bucks. red zone cuba yeah i'll sing the theme red song zone for that. Cuba? Yeah. yeah he's in that what the heck yeah he's in that like he seriously will do anything him and bell lugosi both were just like yeah they yeah. both does i have a paycheck okay i'll do it i'm in yeah right um but yeah, I don't know if we have anything else to say about this pre well, Unless you want to get some last words before we take a break. Let's go back a couple decades. Okay. Uh, 1953, War of the Worlds. Because yeah. those were some of the best special effects at that time going. Yeah, also, George like, Powell. Probably one of the first sci-fi movies in America that was in color then too, right? Yes. Because, I mean, yes, even definitely. Godzilla 1954 there was, was um, uh, 1950, it was Destination Moon was in color. Okay. But it was a very... It's very. If you ever watched Destination Moon, it's very interesting. It's not very entertaining, in a sense, but they try to make it as realistic as possible as they understood it to be in the fifties of what it would be like if we went to the moon. And it's interesting if you're into that part of space travel history to see how much they got right and what kind of parts they got wrong. But they got wrong in in an in a way that shows that they were really trying to get this just right. And it's a very fascinating look at what we imagine uh, tra- a travel to the moon would, would be like in 1950, because it was very close. Um, that was in color. Yeah. Um, but it's not as flashy or cool as War of the Worlds. Yeah. War of the Worlds is a much more fun, 
movie and a much better movie and i love that well i mean the like i said the effects back right, then the models the the props all the, the models are great who yeah, cares if you can see the strings i don't care those models no, are that so stuff cool great back yeah then. uh and the the way like the uh the rays come out mm -hmm. and everything like that the, and the great sound effects uh oh the the shots of you know the tanks and the cannons all firing off that was like yeah. all the precursor to bombs, bombs guns mm -hmm. tanks yeah they're like toys against them i remember that from the trailer <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I desperately yeah. wanted to be a model maker for, you know, industrial yeah. light and magic or something for a while. Like yeah. I thought I'd be good at that. Yeah, it's a shame you can't even see those models anymore. Right. Yeah. That's we were just in we were just in DC yeah. this summer for a, a family uh, a family funeral at Arlington, so yeah. we um, had a few days to to spend there and, mm -hmm. and you know when I'm in DC. I go to the Aerospace Museum because yeah. I want to see the Enterprise. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, they do yeah, have the yeah, Enterprise. Right. Uh -huh. It sits right there in, the, yeah. right in, the, in the, the sort of the main concourse area. It's right kind of right there. Now, that's something I think we haven't talked nearly enough about during this segment is Star Trek and yeah. how huge that was for sci-fi at the time. And I think especially at the time, I mean, if you think about other movies like 2001 or Planet of the Apes, sort of or anything else like that sort of the adventure of the movie um is it something that any of the characters want to be involved in they're trying to get out of it but with star trek it is adventure adventuring into space on purpose right yeah and i think that that makes a big difference and at its state and that's what really makes it stand out on a very emotional level as compared to a lot of the rest of the sci-fi at the time. There's so much great about Star Trek. Oh, it's that, wonderful. You know, like, I love the original uh, series so much. Seriously, one of my one of my huge heroes in in life is uh, Gene Roddenberry. Not yeah. just because he wrote one of my favorite properties yeah. of all times, but but I mean, if you look at in in, um, I think the original probably shot in 1959 or something like that. Um, mm it was it was the diversity of the cast mm -hmm. right like nichelle nichols i had the opportunity to uh sit with her at uh, oh yeah nickel city Con last, yeah mm -hmm. and, and you had the uh, honor to sit with her oh, totally yeah. yeah totally it was one of the yeah. highlights of my life is yeah. you know sitting with her and her um the the stories that she told people about you know being she was the first uh african-american woman mm -hmm. as a as a recurring cast member, a lead cast member in any show, yeah, you know, uh, and she broke more barriers, you know, the, yeah. the, uh, the first interracial kiss on TV yeah. and, and stuff like that, you know, and then you got a Russian sitting there, right? Yeah. You right. Know, in the middle of the cold <laughs> a, a war, Russian sitting you got next a Russian to a, sitting was, there. was George Takei's character, was Sula supposed to be Japanese or Chinese in the show? I don't remember. I think he was Japanese. He's, okay. Yeah. yeah I think he which was, was also big deal because they were also very recently an enemy to us. Yeah. Right. It's not know? too far yeah. away from right. World War Two. Yeah. You know? And then, and then you want to take, uh, you want to take uh, grounded alien to the farthest, you know, yeah. right? You've got an alien yeah. as yeah. a bridge crew member. The yeah. first officer of the Enterprise was yeah. not only, a, you know, not a Russian, not a not a Japanese, not a black woman, but yeah. somebody from another planet. Yes, you know? yes, who, who didn't think like you or I, right. you know. Um, I think another important thing, too, about Star Trek is I heard this brought up on another podcast that I really enjoy, uh, laser time and they were talking uh one of the guests was talking about just how wildly optimistic a future star trek is right and 
again, how woefully unique that is. Why is that so unique? Why can't we continue because to we project were ourselves? War, right? Because we were Cold War, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you, yeah. guys, you guys didn't grow up with it, mm-hmm. but we didn't do fire drills when I was in elementary school. Yeah, we did bomb. nuclear bomb drills. Bomb we had to like go out in the hallway and lean against the lockers yeah. with our head between our hands as if that would stop the nuclear <laughs> yeah. bomb from right, vaporizing yeah. us. Or, you know? Yeah. Get under the desk. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So there was a... There was a there was fear back then yeah. so this this idea of exploration for the sake of exploration and, yeah uh, the fact that we could all get together and, and and it's one of the biggest complaints right now mm-hmm. about the new star trek discovery mm-hmm. is star trek discovery is a war story yeah you know it's it that's is. not what you this, go to star trek for this usually. is the this is the beginning of the klingon war mm-hmm. and and it's much darker Mm-hmm. You know, by comparison to any of the Star Treks that have been up to this point, so I agree with you. I think that yeah. uh, there was wildly uh, wild optimism about it. I am still, by the way, and I've said this probably on other podcasts, maybe you were a part of. Um, I'm totally bitter that Starship Captain is not a job I could apply for. I've heard, I've heard that one on <laughs> because you I, yep. I was certain, you know, in yeah. 1971, 72, when I was a kid and yeah. I was watching this on TV, yeah. I was certain that that was going to be something, you know, by 2000, we were going to be traveling the stars and stuff, and now we're... Yeah, my dad has often uh, lamented similarly. He just said, man, I I thought we would be living in the Jetsons now. Oh, totally. You know, I I didn't think I'd still have to use a darn car, like (laughs) like some kind of a Neanderthal. (laughs) But, but, you know, at the same time, he said, too, he's like, well, the Internet, you know, I wouldn't have had to have that dumb encyclopedia set if I had this, right? you know, or... uh, Two, another thing, this is a quick aside, I, I brought up, uh, uh, my grandmother let me have her old typewriter, and I was kind of oohing and on over it, like, oh, look at this, isn't that, isn't it such a beautifully designed machine, and uh, it's so economically designed, and, and I brought it to, to my dad, and my dad's initial response was like, oh, get that thing away, gross, I never want to see another typewriter for as long as I live, Right. and just like, you know, he had to live through that, and he's like, I don't know, wide out, and no, never. We were still Never using typewriters again. when I was in college. Oh, yeah. We were on the front side of word processors back then. Oh, we were yeah. still typing things by hand when I was in high school and college. Yeah, my dad tells me about, he's, he's had lots of story about, stories about using punch card computers. and uh, That was a little before my time. Yeah, and he said, he'd tell me that when he came back like two years later to his alma mater, they had all switched over to like TRS-80s and mm-hmm. IBM 5150s. <laughs> he was like, well, what am I even doing? <laughs> Why did I bother? <laughs> but... Um, well, I think now's a good time to take a break, get a drink of water. Uh, what do you say, fellas? Sounds good. Me. All right. We'll see you in a little, back in a little bit. It's a manhouse! A manhouse! Charlton Heston discovers a world turned upside down. The world he finds out in the galaxy will challenge every idea you've ever had of civilization. A planet where the superior beings are apes. They build the cities, make the laws, the gods, and control the guns that hunt a race of lowly, terrified humans who run wild in the jungles, are caged in the prisons, and stuffed in the museums. 20th Century Fox transforms the motion picture screen into Planet of the Apes, starring Charlton Heston, Roddy McDowell, Kim Hunter, and Maurice Evans. Planet of the Apes, beyond your wildest dreams. Here among a billion stars, a lonely ship streaks along an endless path. 
It's the mammoth starship Enterprise. Follow her trackless journey each week on Star Trek. William Shatner stars as Captain James Kirk, starship commander, and Leonard Nimoy stars as science officer Spock, half Earthling, half Vulcanian. There are hazards that beset the Enterprise and its crew on board ship and on alien planets. Don't miss Star Trek in color. Hey guys, it's Bruno 1.0. If you'd like to listen to someone who's actually talented at what they do, subscribe to the Geekiverse podcast and listen to Geeks Talk Wrestling. We cover Raw, we cover SmackDown, and we cover every pay-per-view. We keep it short, we keep it simple, and it's just for you, the geeks who know who the true money is. R2-D2, hurry up. Hello, welcome to Burger Show. We'd like a Star Wars poster, please. I knew it. Well, all you do is buy a large serving of Coca-Cola for 49 cents, and the poster's yours. R2, look, it's us. (laughs) R2, I think we'd better leave. Collect all four Star Wars posters only at Burger Chef. What's up, geeks? Just want to remind you that we do have a Geekiverse store for all shirts that are geek. We have the Geek and Proud, Peace, Love, Prosper, straight out of Arkham, and the Geek University tee if you like it simple and blocky like I do. Now, that's at thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com, or you can do it real simple. Go to the Geekiverse and click on the tab on the upper part of the webpage. It's real big. It's real easy to see. We thank you for supporting us, but for now, let's get to the show. Invaders, a defenseless planet, and a daring band of space adventurers fighting to save it. Battle beyond the stars. A battle that ends in a desperate gamble. They'll be able to board us. It won't make any difference. Richard Thomas, George Pappard, Robert Vaughn, John Saxon. Battle beyond the stars. Rated PG. Starts Friday. You stand between us and the black terror of the Kodash. For every Earthling who's ever dreamed of adventures beyond the stars, comes the astonishing story of one who made it. Alex? Hi, Max. Alex Rogan is the last Starfighter. Rated PG. Now at select theaters. Check newspapers for locations and showtimes. Dude, Dude, how did we not mention that? I found okay, we're back. We're talking about Ultraman. Okay, look, guys. Okay, we're back. We wanted to talk about this real quick because it came up and it's my podcast, so I don't care what you think about structure. I'm talking Ultraman. Go. (laughs) Ultraman was awesome. Ultraman was awesome, and it's horrible. Like, when I I was watching, I I just found some YouTube past episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just horrible. It's horribly acted. It's horrible Mm -hmm. everything. But it was so much fun when I was like... (laughs) Yeah. Well, that, like, the monster designs, they look like they were, like, thought up by, like... uh, like a ten-year-old yeah. with an overactive imagination, they which I love. They might love all they, of that. You you yeah. love all oh, that yeah. kind of Japanese. I love it. Yeah. Tokusatsu. Yeah, you know man. that. Yeah, you know that name, oh, right? Yeah. Tokusatsu. That's right. That's uh, suit effects. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, tokusatsu. Yeah. What's the other? There's another word for it too. Well, it's basically yeah. like 
Japanese special effects or yeah. like Japanese yeah. genre. But that yeah. was all like when I got home from school. Yeah, that's what was on TV. Yeah, like it was Ultraman on the, on the UHF station. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. yeah. You know, and so. Ultraman's still going. They're still making them yeah. in Japan. I mean, they ain't coming out. Oh, is that true? They're still going. They I still make no movies. Idea. They still do TV shows. They don't have the budgets that you know, like Japanese. You know, yeah. films. They do. don't have the budgets. An Ultraman what? episode yeah. was about eleven dollars to make. Yeah. Man, what, what what budget don't they have? We could probably. That's make what. One. That's what. I'm it's just. Charming. I'm just saying. You know, like Shin Godzilla, which came out last year, that had a decent budget for a Japanese movie. Yep. You know, the Ultra. They don't have the special yeah. effects for these TV shows quite like they the, ain't you know, Toho. Film. Yeah, no, they're not uh, Toho. Yeah. That, that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Thank you, Nate. Oh my gosh, uh, I I love those. You know, it's something that. Because I didn't really watch Power Rangers much as a kid. Oh yeah. But then, yeah. like, I, I, I rewatched some with my buddy, just you know, for laughs. And uh, you know, oh, you'll get some laughs out of it. <laughs> having a couple beers, you know, and watching yeah, right. a couple episodes, I'm like, man, I don't know why I didn't watch this. This is just Godzilla with superheroes. Like, right. why didn't I watch this right. <laughs> all the time? Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, you, you were talking too about uh, other monster, uh, um, you know, franchises before we got back you said you were taking notes yeah on no I, I i was thinking about you know the beginning of the big um while, yeah. we, while we were on break we were talking about you know the mcu and these huge franchises and stuff and i used yeah. to i used to wait for got excited you know planet yeah. of the apes certainly there was sure. a, that was five films Man, there i can't wait for battle of the planet of the yeah, apes yeah right and but <laughs> I actually love but movie. all of those all of those godzilla films they would you know it was godzilla and mothra godzilla yep. does this godzilla yeah. does that you know and it was invasion of the astro and, monster and godzilla versus mecha godzilla we oh, would totally great. wait for those to come out every year you yeah know? and there was no promoting movies wasn't at all like it is oh, today. No. because it's such big money stuff like yeah. those I, I couldn't hazard a guess but I'm sure you'll be able to rattle it off right off the top of your head like what was the budget for a for a Godzilla film back then a few million but I mean no 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 really no. oh less than no, that no. for the time right if you're talking yeah. like conversion rate I'm to like yeah from yen to American but I mean back then few hundred thousand if right that. Yeah. you know and, yeah. and and now now the social media budgets a few right, hundred yeah. thousand yeah you know? right so it's uh adjusted for inflation totally yeah. totally different yeah. thing now yeah. trying to promote a it's, film and stuff it's well i think one of the things that that i think it's something that star wars and well star wars and jaws i think both did was it really shifted cinema from you know because because movies like if jaws had been released 10 or 20 years earlier or Star Wars, for that matter, they would have been B movies. Oh sure, they would have been. Yeah, they would have been absolutely. shown at a drive-in and at the at the butt end of double absolutely. features and Campy. left to die. Campy. Yeah. And and I yeah. I was at summer camp the year that Jaws came out. Was that seventy six yeah. or seventy seven? Seventy five actually was Jaws. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. It was so, all right. I thought it was. I mean, but, mo- but, but movies ran later back then, anyways. Yeah. You know, at least they could they could stay in theaters well, for longer. We came out. Of we were I was yeah. at this this uh, horseback riding camp. My mom was the nurse there, so we got mm. to go for free. And it was yeah. it was way out in the in the country here. So we came back to see Jaws, and I would not swim in the lake <laughs> for the rest of the year. And they were like, "There's no sharks in here." I'm like, "I don't care." We, it we pissed matter. him off, and I can't see the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And there, you know, remember yeah. that head popping out? And like yeah. you know, at the time, oh, yeah, the head popping. That's the scariest part of at, that movie. At, it's totally, because yeah. it's it's jump scare at yeah. that point in time. You know, well, and, it's jump scare and a severed head. It, well, yeah. well, add those together. Yeah. And just, Ooh, boy, yeah, you'll never forget it. It was, you know, the the rubber shark, which is laughable today. Yeah, looked so real back then, you mm. know, because we accepted those kind of things. Oh, sure. So, and there's a s- certain suspension of disbelief. And there's probably 
no movie I quote more than Jaws. Yeah. You know, anytime something is is uh, bigger than we can do it, yeah. my, I'm always, we're going to need a bigger boat, boat right? Bigger you boat. Know? Yep. And anytime somebody's doing stupid, something stupid, I'm like, they'll never make it out of the harbor alive. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. All the time. I'm quoting that When, when you're about to uh, beat a big boss in a video game, smile, <laughs> you son of a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the yeah. video games that Pete plays now. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Which ones? <laughs> None. <laughs> Zero video games. Oh, man. I was an arcade guy. The minute they yeah. moved into the home, I was done. Oh, wow. Man. Oh, listen out. So many great games. Look at all these. Look at all this. Um, you need to post pictures of this... Oh, awesome yeah. room someplace yeah, my, my, my little den yeah. my little sanctuary the Nate cave yeah I, I let uh, sometimes when Katie has had a bad day too I'll just say here let's just you go in here I'll take care of the kid this is a place to zone out right you just sit here right. and you, you do what you need to do um, and it they, rhymes if she's using it it's the Kate cave so yeah right you know. yeah for sure yeah there you go uh, and I, you know, I like to bring Teddy in here too. It's a lot of fun just to see him marvel at all this old stuff. Sure. Just be like, what is this? Can we play this, Dad? Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so, so where we left off uh, it, with after these brief asides, which are fun, and you'll enjoy them, and you'll accept them. Um, listening audience, all fifty of you. Um, where we left off with the, with the last half was Prelude to Star Wars. So, 1777 hits, I believe it's June 77, July 70, summer of 77. Where's Josiah when you need him? Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. It was certainly summer. He'd rattle off the minute that the first yeah, film... Yeah. Oh, oh, it was May it was something, seven, because yeah, they seven, made a... It was May. Because they made, um, they made a movie about it, and they used the date that the movie came out as yeah. the name of the movie. May something, 1977. But uh, in that movie was huge. Fox didn't expect it to be. They thought it would just be, I don't know, as big as THX 1138 or whatever. Um, but, uh, and it was a big deal, and it changed sci-fi a lot. It changed movies a lot. It did. It changed the whole landscape of, of cinema. I mean, if you look at the time leading up to that, it's often called by film historians as the golden age, the second golden age of Hollywood. Movies like Midnight Cowboy, uh... Annie Hall, Mean Streets, um, you know, Dog Day Afternoon, yeah, things like That's that. A great film. Yeah, uh, and, uh, all the President's Men, you know, these really also a great film prestige uh, movies that were satirical, that were could be dark, that uh, could be um, salacious or uh, sordid, but also very deep. And adult in a way that not just in terms of content, but in terms of uh, uh, presentation, in, in terms of deep emotional uh, or you know philosophical ideas and themes, and uh, that was partly in due to you know the Hay codes, the, the Hayes code being lifted, which if you don't know what the Hayes code was, it was things like you can't swear. Uh, the bad guys always got to get punished, um, you know, no extramarital sex, uh, that sort of thing, which was in place from the 30s up until mid 50s when it first started to get first started to break, and you had with that. And anyway, uh, all this to say that I think Jaws and Star Wars kind of brought that to an end, for better or for worse. Um, I'm kind of of two minds about it. I am a big film snob, so. 
part of me says part of me kind of is resentful of Star Wars success because it brought it brought down the curtain on that. But on the other hand, I really love that movie. And I love Star Wars. So yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's it's funny to me that it did as well as it did because yeah. it's campy and it's you know mm. what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's uh you know, is it is it the first space opera? Is it the oh, well, first, you know I mean, first... Flash Gordon. Oh you yeah. Know. I, I don't yeah. know why Buck, I always forgot about that because yeah. I like both of those. Yeah. Um, but it, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, uh, it, you know, when I, when I stack it up against the things that I think are real cinematic, um, great stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not one, you know? No, but, no, but it really kind of took like, off. You know, like when I've heard, you know, a lot of Star Wars fans complain that that should have won Best Picture of 1977. Like, no, Annie Hall's a much better movie. Totally yeah. better. I mean, regardless of regardless of the scuzzbag that Woody Woody Allen is, right? That movie's terrific. Well, and, and you know, yeah. just a whole bunch of the movies that you yeah. just named. Were yeah, in right. Dog the Afternoon. Close Encounters yeah. of the Third Kind. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I'm in retrospect. I mean, I was in in 1977. I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that appealed to oh, a thirteen-year-old boy. You know the right I mean? age for yeah, that. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. And and I was saying before we even started this. I mean, I yeah. remember I, I remember what theater I saw it in. It probably costs you know anywhere between seventy-five cents mm-hmm. and a buck and a quarter for me to see yeah. it at the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I I was already hooked on Star Trek. So was, that whole space. Meme was great for me. Oh so yeah, perfect. I loved it. That you know, I've been a sci-fi fan forever. Yeah, you know. And I think too, there's a. I mean, the, one of my favorite things to do is to point out like all the influences when you're watching that Star Wars movie, especially if you know your old sci-fi and all that kind of, or Japanese cinema, as uh, George Lucas was wont to uh, pay homage to. Um, you know, you could see bits here like, oh, that's totally Flash Gordon. Right. Even like the opening crawl. If you've ever seen old Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers movie serials, they use that opening crawl. Right. It's from that, verbatim. <laughs> um, things like the way the spaceships are designed are very Flash Gordon-y. Yeah, yeah. Um, very Buck Rogers-y. Um, and, of course, you know, plot elements uh, stolen from Hidden Fortress and uh, yeah. Seven Samurai. Or not Seven Samurai, but um, the oh, other Hidden one. Fortress. Hidden Fortress, mostly. Um, Lots of uh, Kurosawa films influenced Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. But but the synthesis of all of these things, you know, the synthesis of the great special effects, um, the high adventure, you know, uh, the, the want perfect editing by by uh, Marshall Lucas, you know, which brought it all together from the mess it probably otherwise would have been into something that really worked, into something that really struck a deep chord with people, that they would see it hundreds and hundreds, you know, over and over and over and over and over again. Um, my dad recalls seeing it in the theater for the first time in 77, and people booing Darth Vader, like out loud, just booing him, and then when the Death Star blows up, like everyone going, yeah, and clapping their hands, and it just had that visceral effect on an audience. And th- there's not many movies where the audience gets involved no. on that level. You know, no. I, I was trying to think of another one, and, and uh, short of the cult films like you yeah. know, Rocky Horror Picture Show, where sure. there's a dialogue that almost goes on with the film. You yeah, know, right. The there's, there's not that many. I, I did go to a screening of Back to the Future, and 
at the very end when Crispin Glover punches Biff right. in the face at the end. Everyone cheered at that moment. Oh. That was fun. That was a really fun movie-going experience. Um, but yeah, no, and, and it had a big sea change, Star Wars did. And it definitely affected a lot of what came out. And let's talk about some of those movies, shall we? We shall. Oh, yeah. What comes to mind immediately when you think of immediately post-Star Wars sci-fi? Because I can tell you what comes to my mind. But I don't know if that's common. Well, because most of the movies that come to my mind have been uh, justly forgotten, you know? Well, I, I mean, it had a it had a big impact. Jeff and I are yeah. both. Yeah, uh, I know where you're going with this. Both Bond yeah. fans, and, and oh, yeah. you know, Moonraker. Oh, Moonraker Moon Moon comes out like <laughs> a year Moon and a half or something uh -huh. right after that, yep. and it was it was hokey, and it was you yeah. know like it was Roger Moore. So of course, it was, it was hokey. Stop, Roger Roger. stop, stop, <laughs> it. I, stop. I no, look, Roger rest Moore. in peace, but let's yeah, let's yeah. call a spade a spade. Uh, yeah. I am a huge Roger Moore Bond fan. Me too. We could do an hour on that. Pete, I'm here to tell you. He's my favorite Bond. I love oh, come on, man. I, I love his movies the best. I love how goofy they are. Yeah. They're so much fun. Right. They're over the top. They're my favorite ones. I think Live and Let Die is my favorite of, of oh, all the Bond films. It's a blast and a half. It's a great film. That movie's a blast but and a half. But Moonraker yeah. is like, yeah. it's right after Star Wars. Yeah. And the space shuttle program mm -hmm. had, had yeah. probably just launched when that came out. Drax yeah. Corporation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, would you say though that that space theme felt tacked on, or do you think it was organically brought in as part of the James Bond? I, I good question. Yeah. I, I I don't know if it was tacked on. Mm -hmm. I think that probably they were like, you know, hey, look, we have the effects to do this now. Yeah, you know, Star mm -hmm. Wars did it a year or two ago. We can mm -hmm. we can do this, and you know, sure, James, everything that James Bond has done. You know, yeah. and they, it was building towards this moment in time. Yeah. And I remember watching it with a with a delightful groan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, what are they doing here, right? So by uh, 79, I was already in high school, so yeah. I knew it all then. Yeah. You know, so now yeah. I could start to be film critic as well as, as yeah. just uh, audience, enjoying audience members. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that, that was probably about the age I was, too, when I started to have real opinions other than, it's a movie and I get to watch it, you know? That's the way it was for me with Batman and Robin when I saw that in the theaters. I was too young to yet be a critic of that level. So I was just like, it's a Batman movie and I get to see yeah. it in theaters. How cool, you know? I, you just don't know at that age. I probably watched it for the first time on home video, which is which is good because yeah. nobody wanted to hear my vocal responses <laughs> to that film. That credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, I, the ones that immediately come to my mind are the, like, the immediate rip-offs, which I love. I love the Star Wars ripoffs of the late 70s and early 80s. They have, because you can tell in all of them, they really want to capture that sense of adventure. They all do. They all fail. But they're great. And I love them. What, like what movies in particular? I'm thinking Message from Space. Have you ever seen that one? That was a Japanese movie. No, see, I feel like a lot of what you're going to uh, mention, I, I don't even uh, know. Sonny, Sonny Chiba plays the bad guy in that. He's the okay. only name actor. Oh, and Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow's in Message from Space. Um, uh, that's fun. It's sort of a Seven Samurai kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Kind of a plot. Magnificent Seven in Space. Battle Beyond the Stars. Another common brought up uh, Star Wars ripoff. 
one of my absolute favorites is Star Crash. Have you guys seen Star I Crash? I have not. Like, when I looked at that list of those immediate Boy. ones, I don't yeah. remember them at all. Oh, so. well, there's a reason you don't. Um, you know, but Star Crash uh, is an Italian Star Wars ripoff made by Luigi Cozzi. He made... he uh, Jeff, if you had heard that name at all, it would be because of his... Um, he re-released Godzilla into theaters in the mid-70s by quote-unquote colorizing it. What he did was he put uh, colored gels over it. So it's like you got blue every, Everything's sky. blue. Yeah, everything's blue up the top and everything down below was brown. Right. And, oh, and, uh, Two-tone? Yeah, right. Kind of. And he inserted... Uh, what he did for Godzilla is he inserted like uh, extra scenes of violence to kind of bring it more visceral, including real footage of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which is <laughs> really tasteless. Um, but hey, that's exploitation cinema for you. Um, but uh, but no, he made a movie called Star Crash, and it stars Caroline Monroe, who was a Bond lady. Yeah. Uh, also in the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, um, she is the main heroine of the picture and she wears a leather bikini throughout um but it has things like a weird kind of a force amalgam uh space looks like black cardboard with christmas lights poking through because it. it probably was yeah yeah it absolutely was he took the words right looked, out of my mouth but it i it has such a uh 10-year-old, let's put on a show kind of vibe to it that I can't help but find infectious and just watch it over and over. It's just, there's something about it that is so imaginative in an overactive child kind of a way that I can't ignore and can't not have fun with. We used to have those, like, my my parents had those, you know, the handheld, the first movie um, before video. Oh, yeah, like a Super 8? Yeah, Yeah, you know, and, and, uh, and we went out in the backyard, and the $6 million man was big back uh-huh. then. So we tried to imitate the effects, you know, uh-huh. where I'd, I'd run and I'd jump. My brother yeah. would take the picture of me jumping, and then I'd jump up on the on the, on the the garage roof, and then I'd jump and land on the garage roof, and we'd edit it so it looked like I jumped <laughs> off the garage. It was horrible. But, man, I bet that was fun to do. Was, I wish I still had all of that yeah. stuff. You know, we had, oh, we had hours and hours of footage of us trying oh. to, to do this kind of stuff. Wow, so. that was expensive back in the day, too, because you had to send it into to get it developed yeah yeah use a moviola to edit yeah uh it wasn't edited oh it wasn't it was filmed oh it was edited in camera right so yeah i I would jump and he would stop and then i would go up on the roof and i would jump and he would start yeah no there was no actual editing oh boy well if you ever had them i got a super eight projector in the closet if you want to give it a try yeah they don't exist anymore sadly um but yeah no do check those some of those uh star wars reports out black hole is another one that comes to mind I've yeah, seen that black. One. I I I do remember black hole. Yeah, I don't black remember hole. much about it, but I do remember. Yeah, it. it's a little. Um, it, honestly, it reminds me less of Star Wars and more of Forbidden Planet. Okay. In the way that it tries to sort of make more Shakespeare, it has more Shakespearean goals to it. Gotcha. You know, um, but yeah, so those are some of the immediate Star Wars ripoffs, and they are a lot of fun, and I recommend you check them out, uh, if only just for the sheer joy of ripping off star wars right and trying to trying to cap capture that lightning in the bottle uh but there were other ways it uh star wars managed to warm its way in, into cinema 
Um, well, I, I think the big thing was just people now not being afraid to do high effect movies. Mm-hmm. You know, real big budgeted. Yeah, yeah. You know, I one of the the films you mentioned on the list that we were talking about is the Last Starfighter is one of my favorite films mm. of all times. I love the Last yeah. Starfighter. Is that that was. Uh, Mm-hmm. 84. Catherine Mary Stewart, I think, was yes. the... Mm-hmm. They had such a crush yes. on her. Oh, a total yeah. crush on yeah. her. And the whole video game, because I, that was what was going on. Yeah, right. There was a mm-hmm. there was a place not not too far from here, over at the... Uh, across from one of the big malls in town. Mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. It, was just a, it was just a big arcade. Yeah. And we'd go there and, you know, drop quarter after quarter after quarter playing yeah. asteroids and galaga and space invaders oh, yeah. and you know like pac-man all that stuff oh it's totally yeah. we would be there yeah. one of my buddies worked there in uh, in high school and his job was to wander around and windex the machines every once in a nice. while and, and you know because yeah. they're all mechanical the right. the cash boxes back then were all you so you got to just mm-hmm. pull it out and yep. the thing that stuck next to the spring he, that was his job to fix it and, wow and uh you know, it was uh, that was that was our Saturday yeah. night, our Fridays and Saturday nights. We'd go over there and hang mm-hmm. out and play those. So the last Starfighter was a great film. I do love that movie. High a lot. on my list. To it watch has some again. very early uh, CG effects in it too. Very early CGI yeah. effects, um, which are very charming now. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you look. I, I think part of it is they only attempted to do like spaceships, so that's a little bit easier to sort of suspend your disbelief in. Right. Than if you're to see like try to see a CGI person or like sure. the 1998 Godzilla movie where you're just like oh boy that is real ugly man that's <laughs> real ugly, but the CGI in this last Starfighter is more charming and I, I think holds up better in its in its simplicity. Well, the uh, you know one of the selling points of that film was was Robert Preston. Oh yes, you know yes, like yes, I'm yes. just not sure that's as successful a film it, if he's not the yeah. Uh, not the one of the lead characters, right? You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, there's all the other movies too. I mean, Blade Runner obviously is one that comes to mind. Uh, that sort of aesthetically takes things away. Yeah, from Star Wars, and, I would you say. know, like I, Blade Runner is Blade Runner made the top of my best sci-fi lists. Yeah, you know, best sci-fi movies of all time because of the visual elements. I was, I was, full of trepidation walking into Blade Runner the new twenty forty nine yeah. because of what made Blade Runner great. Mm-hmm. And while I enjoyed 2049, I thought it was a little too long, it wasn't... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the What they tried to do in reproducing the elements of the other one, they were not successful at doing. The new mm-hmm. visual imagery that they created and everything was awesome, mm-hmm. but they didn't do a good job of, of being the second. You know, they, it mm-hmm. didn't have the same... It didn't have the same appeal that the 1982 Blade Runner had. Yeah. Visually. Yeah. And and it's great. Yeah. It's just not the same thing. Do you, do you think part of that is just the fact that we've been so inundated with CGI effects that it's sort of not as special as it perhaps would have been? Or maybe the fact that so much is done by CGI that there's sort that there's less uh, there's there's a less tangential quality to it maybe well, that, I that, think, that that we're lacking. Well, I think where 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 Star Wars did some stuff for the genre in the whole space travel spaceship mm-hmm. thing. Blade Runner had that real noir feel to mm-hmm. it, where mm-hmm. you you know you saw the blinds on the walls behind yeah. them, you know the lighting and stuff like that. Yeah. And we're past that. Mm-hmm. You know that was a lot of the me jumping in my backyard and yeah. pretending to be the six million dollar man. These yeah. were all pretty practical effects. Yeah, and you know 
then we and we, we we have Star Wars um, one two well four five six. Yeah. We go back to one two three. We fill it with the um, the technology of the time, and yeah. everybody hates it. Right? Yeah, like because oh, yeah. Star Wars. So now, forty years later, <laughs> yeah. thirty five years later, or whatever, we go back to practical effects. Yeah, for the Force Awakens. Which right. which I really appreciate. Me too. I mean, I love practical effects. Yeah, me too. Uh, not, not to say that I don't like CGI either. I think CGI can be done well, and I think it's only gotten better with time. I, right. I think CGI only now, that we figured out that the best approach probably is to balance the two. It, yeah. to- it totally is. Yeah. And even when you watch, when you watch like documentary stuff of them doing... Uh, MCU films and stuff like that. You see a lot of practical stuff with a little bit of green screen behind it. Yeah, that they right. put some stuff in, and I think that that's, that, I think that's, that's the, the way to go. Yep. Like I don't think you could have made a practical Maz Kanal. Mm. No, no, right? There's like she wouldn't work, right? CGI, exactly, yeah. because CGI is so good right now. Yeah, know? but by the same token, um, I thought in uh, in Rogue One, I thought. Uh, Oh yeah, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing's character, yeah. is that Grand, Grand Moff Tarkin, is that who that yeah. is? Yeah, it's a little, right. un, little uncanny valley. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. You totally. Know, like it was yeah. just off enough for yeah. me to go, oh, he's a cartoon. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like the way they ended um, with uh, with Carrie Fisher. Yeah, I, I didn't like that like, either. I didn't, I didn't think like that was necessary, and I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't like it because it was clearly. Um, it was clearly CGI. Well, yeah, it's one yeah, thing if you do it for that. an alien species, but then completely different to do it for a human being. Yeah. Right, because we, because you know what one is supposed to look right, like. Right, And then especially Intimately. when you have Grandma Tarkin standing alongside mm-hmm. a physical human being, in the yeah. it just it stands out like a sore thumb, no matter yeah. how good it looks. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I don't think the storytelling was as good in 1, 2, and 3 either. No. You know, no. Not at all. No. I don't think the storytelling was yeah. as good, but yeah. of way bigger fault to me... Yeah. Was that it was just a CGI mess? You oh know? yeah, it was just it was just everywhere. Well, I, was... I I heard it said. Uh, who said this? Um, Dana Gould, the comedian Dana Gould, was talking about uh, the special editions of Star Wars, and he said, you know, any other director who made that, who 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 would have gone through those special editions, if they had like a robot washing machine walk in front of the the shot, you would say cut. You would right. say you're getting in the way of the shot. Right. Let's do it over. But no, George Lucas says, I want more. Right. Put more crap right. in front of the screen. Right. And, and you're just like, that is not how you make a movie. That's, <laughs> that's not how you do it. Um, and, and quite frankly, when I'm mm, ranking the movies, yeah. you know, by far, it's, you know, for me, probably it's, it's five, six, four, yeah. seven, what are we calling Rogue One is that three point five? I'll just call Rogue One. And then, one. and then <laughs> probably, probably two, three, one or something like that. Something. But cares. before we even get to the two, three, one, like yeah. Spaceballs fits in yeah. to my yeah. ranking before. Oh, for sure. You know, you know what I mean? I would put Star Crash above those movies. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, that's something that I, that really. I mean, for me as as an amateur, you know, film historian, it. The fact that the original version, 1977 version of Star Wars, is unavailable to us kills me. It right. kills me. It is, it, is, it is cultural history that we're being denied. Uh, you know, the fact that he just won't... Look, you can take her with it all you want. That's fine. I just want the original version to be available to me to purchase. Right. I just want it there. Let, let me know that it's available. But, he, but we're not, we are not allowed that. We are denied cultural history. 
which is why my preferred version of Star Wars is the one that I downloaded off the internet, which is a 16 millimeter scan of, <laughs> of a film. So, someone got a library print of Star Wars from 1978 or 9. Right. You know, that because, you know, back in the day, you could used to be able to rent 16 millimeter films. And Star Wars was one of them. And that is what my copy is. It is that. It doesn't say A New Hope on it. It just says Star Wars. That's the, the nerdiest thing I've ever up. heard. Yeah. Man. Like, you've just elevated Woo! yourself to a level that I, did I wasn't it. sure was possible. I did it, guys. That's impressive. Me. So, sorry, Joe. You're the <laughs> second nerdiest Star Wars guy in the yeah, Geekiverse now. Yeah. But it's oh, only... Oh, God. But it, but You're going to ruin him. But only as it applies to, like, A New Hope. Because I just... Uh, sorry. Star Wars. Because I love that movie so much. Right. I really do. I, I acknowledge it's not... It like as a movie, it's fine. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you not know, cinematic mastery. No, but it's a, but it just strikes such a chord for right. me. And there's, I can't. There's, I mean, there's a there's culture. Yeah. And there's cinema. Yeah. And and you got to look at them both together. Right. And the culture of it outweighs the cinema of it. Yeah. And I just I love that movie. It really it just really strikes with me. But are there any other movies that you guys could think of? that are really emblematic of the time that you really enjoy that, that you can I think sci-fi horror I mean ironically we were talking oh. earlier how there became how there was you know more optimism in the past yeah before Star Wars but immediately following was another golden age of sci-fi horror I think you had John Carpenter's The Thing you had mm-hmm. the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers oh which yeah which is horrifying and yeah. then of course you know maybe the best horror movie of all, of all time Alien Alien mm-hmm. yeah which is I, I, and Galaxy of Terror yeah. No, nobody no, likes it. No, 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 I don't even know yeah. that is. But yeah. I mean, Alien. It, and, you know, it, and it's it, funny. It still stands. Right. Still stands up almost forty years later, which is crazy yeah. to it's think. It's funny about. to me because I never even think of it as horror. I think of it as sci-fi. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's it's so well done and it's yeah. so you know. It, it's so thoughtfully done yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a brilliant film. Lots of great little touches about, uh, like, uh, the, like the the shit being like over corporatized and things mm-hmm. like that but they're but they're in the background and if you want to find them they're there for you and in 1979 you know? we had a strong female lead character yes. who's iconic now yeah i mean mm-hmm. uh, alan ripley is is just as iconic as princess leia you know oh boy she comes into her own in aliens like, you know the, yeah. Yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah. she That's just comes too. out guns a blazing you yep. know um, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Aliens is a lot of fun. I think going beyond cinema, you had even animation start to take off with sci-fi. You had Ralph Bakshi's Wizards. Wizards. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I forgot about Wizards. Yeah, Wizards. Yeah. But then across the ocean in Japan, you had Space Battleship Yamato. And this is... I love Star Blazers so that's much. That's right. Star I Blazers then. I, we're going to go way over Pete's head with some of this. But I mean, uh, hey, 1979 then, that's when the first Gundam yeah, TV show comes Gundam. up. That's right. Mm-hmm. I um, probably saw them all. I just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If, you're, dub, if yeah, you're talking about dub. animation, yeah. it was never my thing. Like, right. yeah. I watched the Saturday <laughs> cartoons when sure. I was a kid, and then I was done with it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like because there was so much else to yeah. watch. For oh, me. sure. You guys, you guys are catching it as nostalgia. Yeah, I'm not catching it as that. It was I lived through it the first time. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's it's uh, I just never revisited it again. Animation's yeah. not my thing. Star Blazers, Star Blazers. Uh, has <laughs> a great theme song. One of my favorite theme songs of all time. Have you ever listened to that? I have not. I'm going to splice it. I mean, I watch more right of like the actual Space Station <laughs> yeah. Yamato. Yeah. So yeah, please splice cool. it in yeah. so we can listen to yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I because it's just so good. It's so good.
space. We're leaving Mother Earth to save the human race. Our star blazers. The series is great. But, but that, there's also um, there's another one too. Battle of the Planets. Is that another one? Yeah, uh, uh-huh. I mean, then you had Macross, which became Robotech yes. over here in America. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I think Vol- the original Voltron yes. was only a few years after. It would have been or, sometime the or, early Or even mid-80s. broader than that, Transformers, for yeah, sake. definitely. Like, that is Star Wars up the wazoo. That giant, there was that giant yeah. robot craze that came out mm-hmm. immediately, you know, there was like a, early, mid-80s. There yeah. was a film that came out, robot-themed film that came out in like 19, probably 1980, 81, something like that, called Saturn Three. It didn't do very well, but it had it had Kirk Douglas and, oh, and Farrah Fawcett and yeah. Ivy, Harvey Keitel. In oh, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, and <laughs> Harvey Keitel's Keitel. the bad guy <gasps> in it. Really? And uh, and Kirk Douglas and Farrah Fawcett are living on a star outpost, like on one of the moons of Saturn. Yeah. And uh, and Harvey Keitel is crazy, and he comes there with this this robot that operates on on a neural uh implant so that he can kind of control the robot and it turns into this robot gone wild kind of thing you know what's the name of the movie again uh, saturn three saturn three and and, uh it was you know you were talking about the the decency in film and stuff like that yeah yeah. and this is 1980 and we got to see farrah fawcett's boobs in it at one point in time and you know so it was uh um it was a it didn't do very well. Like yeah, it was, well, I haven't heard of it. The, 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 and if you haven't heard of it, it yeah, probably didn't something. exist. Well, I mean... The bad I, robot's know. name was Hector. Ooh, that's a good <laughs> Oh, it's terrifying. He- he- Hector the bad robot. What a terrifying yeah. name. Yeah, yeah Hector. It'll strike fear so right into you. I think it was like the name of an early 70s computer or something. It could have Hector. Been. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, he also had things too, like uh, Tron. Tron is one of my... I that was, was that seventies or early? That was eighty two. Eighty two. So, so I would still and consider I that in the immediate too, aftermath yeah. of Star Wars. And I've actually I mean? enjoyed all of the Tron stuff. Yeah, I know, like, still haven't seen Legacy. Yeah, still well, I enjoy, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've seen, I, like I it. totally enjoyed it. I, I've seen uh, Tron many times. That was mm-hmm. another. That was another Dryden movie for me. It was Tron, and it air and uh, it had a little prologue explaining the con- basic concepts of computing. <laughs> That I guess hasn't been released on DVD or anything like that. Really? It's not much; just a couple of title cards trying gotcha. to explain, better explain what's happening to the audience. Yeah, you no, know, to I, audience know, that had little I'm, experience. Uh, kind of uh, mm. Jeff Bridges was great in that film, yes, and, I li- and I liked his role as the older, um, same character, as the other fl- in, older in, Flynn. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, enjoy I still that. need to check that one out. I'm oh, curious. It's a good. Movie. I, yeah, I, I've heard that. a little bit of the Daft Punk soundtrack, and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, well, guys, we're running. We're getting pretty lo- uh, long there. Is there any uh, last words on Star Wars' influence on cinema? It's immediate influence. I'm not talking about like today because that's not what this podcast's about. It's about old stuff. Well, but, I mean, it, it yeah. was. I mean, take it for what it's worth. It was yeah. foundational. Oh yeah. You could tell big stories. Yeah. You could dream big on effects. And in 77, it did that. And it pushed yeah. a lot of those, you know, sci-fi mm-hmm. became bankable again. Yep. And it never really was up to that point in time. It the never really went were, away after that. Yeah, there was... It's I never mean, stopped being It was bankable. for nerds only. And, yeah. now, and now science fiction's pretty mainstream. And I yeah. 100% credit Star Wars for making sci-fi yes. mainstream. Yep, you know? absolutely. And, and quite frankly, for me, as yeah. a Star Trek fan, yeah. um, you had, you know, like the... the, the, the 
beginning of the original oh, series only went a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. And then they but, didn't do anything for 12 years. And then Star Wars and happened. Star Wars happened. They were like, maybe hey, we can do, we can do this. we didn't talk right? about. Oh, and, my gosh. The Star Trek movies, and, Star Trek experienced a rebirth altogether. Totally. Uh, totally dead. Largely due to Star Wars. I agree with that 100%. Uh, and, and, it, and it was and, allowed to continue its own path. And Star too. Trek, the motion picture. Yeah. Was, I have not seen that one. Was visually horrible film. Really? Yeah. Okay. Visually I've, horrible I've film. I've seen screenshots, little bits and pieces there, and it looks impressive, but yeah. I don't, that no, might I just mean, be not seeing it And you might motion. enjoy it, you might enjoy it more than me because yeah. you enjoy the nostalgia of all this sure. stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was, mm. uh, it was 8-bit science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> but man, man, oh man, Rathacon. Yeah, what which is which movie. is film number two, right? Right. They got that little what trilogy right in the middle there. Mm -hmm. Two, three, and four. Yeah, two, three, and four. Yeah. And uh, and four is the first date my wife and I ever went on. I took her to Star Trek with the whales, and she married me anyway. Wow, good for her. All right. right. Yeah, no, she, she did. She stuck with me all these years. And, Hot and, dang. You know, when I said, oh, by the way, there's a new Star Trek, and, and I have to pay five ninety nine a month to watch it. Gotta watch it. And she was like, all right. Yeah. You know. But, but uh, I mean, that's something... You know, you mentioned that, that Cypher became bankable. It was allowed to really flourish. Like, it didn't have to... It didn't have to stick to start the Star Wars formula, right? You know, Star Trek was allowed to continue on its own path mm -hmm. and be and still be itself. You know, Wrath of Khan is not Star Wars. It, no. It's totally. I mean, yeah. yes, no, no, no. it, it kind of has a bit more of an action-ish bent, but even then, the action and, is not nearly what Star Wars is. And one would argue that the newer yeah. stuff, the new JJ. Um, Abrams reboots yeah. are much more Star Wars than Star Trek. They're yeah. much more action and fighting and yeah. stuff like that. And I love them all. Sure, you know, like they're the, fine. These They're like fine. the Star Wars, the Star Trek stuff is is to me all of yeah. it. Every every ounce of it. I loved Voyager. Mm. I'm rewatching Enterprise right now because it's my stuff. Yeah, but I totally recognize that you know some of the newer stuff they're doing is more Star Warsy more, than Star Trek. Way more, in, including Discovery. You yeah, know, so yeah. Um, we, we we cover good ground. I think so. I think did, we did. Do, I don't do we think anybody's going to think do we're we, an idiot. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. We all use big words. Yeah. Everyone thinks we're smart now. I think we accomplished our goals, I need, and that's what it's all about. We're right? culture. Making <laughs> people realize how smart we are. I, I need that every for. chance. I need every chance <laughs> I can get. I need that. Well, in any case, fellas, uh, what what have you guys got to plug? I mean, we're all on the same website kind of a thing, but individually, you know, what are you guys working on? What are your, what are your big projects lately? Oh, my, my favorite new thing I'm working on with one mm -hmm. of our other guys, uh, Lou Matuza and I are doing a weekly um, round table bashing each other, have a little fun two guys <laughs> thing called yeah. uh, A Week in the CW Arrowverse, okay. where, where one of us talks about two of the four, uh -huh. And then there's rebuttals and, and yeah. banter and stuff like that, and I'm having having great fun writing that, and uh, that's the that's my new thing. Yeah. So good deal. Well, let's check that out. That's on the Geekiverse, right? Yeah, Geekiverse. the Geekiverse.com. Yeah. And uh, you, Jeff? Any yeah, sticking to Geekiverse. Look, I'm a Nintendo guy, so I'm playing Super Mario Odyssey right now. Oh, Keep an yeah. eye out for my review of that. Are and you uh, you loving it? I'm loving it. You're loving it. Great game. Yeah. Jeff's Jeff's 
um, way too humbled. He's got a huge project going I on do. right now. Three years plug. worth of work. How many years? About five and a half oh, right. going right now. Oh, you tell. What's uh, going on? A high fantasy trilogy that I have been working on since my early 20s now. Oh the Legend of Light. We will be launching that very soon with the uh, debut book, Echoes of Light. Wow. Uh, young adult high fantasy. Man, I'm looking very excited forward to that. For and we've that's, got a, we're going to launch a web comic in the yeah, ooh, thank after yeah. the first of the go. year, cool. I think, called Singularity. That's uh, we're doing a, a a collaboration with the guys from Numina Comics. That's nice. uh, it's going to be exclusive to the Geekiverse as well. Cool. So we got some stuff yeah, going. Yeah, it'll be a... take a look at Pete's Instagram because he has all kinds of promotional images and drawings for Singularity that are oh, yeah? really yeah, alluding to some yeah, great yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug, plug that. What's uh, what, what's your uh, Instagram? Uh, all handle? of my social media is just at Pete Her. So at Pete Her. He's okay. a simple guy. He's a, he's yeah, a right simple on. man. I, no, I was just in on the front side of it, oh, so oh, I was oh, able yeah. to actually get my <laughs> name when no, you guys yeah, were. That, that's that's what it was for me with my Gmail address, which was just like I got in so early I could just use my full name and I got it right because it was like what 2004 or something anyway um and uh, I the only thing I have to plug is this podcast which you already listened to so good for you I just listened to this episode and I think it's pretty good no good I'm glad glad to hear it thank you uh Jeff what do you think of this podcast did we do good job I quite enjoyed it oh good um glad I was able to join all right yeah have Uh, us back uh my uh or if you want to you know follow me on twitter you you can follow me at uh nate underscore lockhart I'll talk about old things and being upset about the state of the world (laughs) so look forward to that um anything else guys anything else folks all right thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in a couple weeks bye